away from one. They're lining up on the inside. And he's over! Pocock very keen to get into the action. Oh, and a big tackle! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Fox Sports Rugby Podcast. I'm Sean Maloney, back at Fox Sports HQ, and alongside me to get you through the next 25 to 30 minutes, as always, Sam Worthington, Christy Doran, and stepping in for Dave Dennis, who's currently over in Perth, getting set to take on the Tars. It is Stephen Hoyles. Hello, men. Lads, how are we? Welcome back, Halsey, and welcome back, uh, Sean. You, good to see you safe and sound. Dr- drinking a combination green and peppermint tea to, to recover after Singapore. Well, now, Halsey, very, we touched on Hong Kong last week when I spoke to the guys. and um, I heard, talk, heard the Hoff story. Talk, yep. talk, talk, you, were, you were there with the Hoff having breakfast. Yep. Did I miss anything out on that story? Did I miss anything in terms of detailing the excellence of that story? No, I think you, you got it spot on. I wasn't having breakfast with him. I was in the same room as him. It was only... He and his young partner and uh, Paul Slater from Fox Sports and myself. I think he went into anaphylactic shock. It looked like just the, the spice got to him at breakfast and you know, he, uh, he was on the ice cubes. So <laughs> he was all, all the better for it because you saw his performance on the Sunday. He Bloody good performance, <laughs> that. Yeah. Was your, was your favourite performance his doing Delilah at the Hong Kong Sevens or singing the Baywatch theme tune? The Baywatch theme tune. Yep. Was, and I like the fact that he was a good two to three seconds behind the actual song when he was miming it. That was my, <laughs> yeah. my highlight. So they got their money's worth, though. There was a lot of people happy with the Hoff in Hong Kong. It was fantastic. Did anyone know this was happening, or was the Hoff just suddenly there? And just no, a surprise? no, it had been. EB popped up earlier in the week with the Proclaimers, walked about 1,000 miles. So they had a concert on the Wednesday night, so everyone knew the Hoff was in town. They had shirts printed up that have Don't Hustle the Hoff, and they had a photo of Dave on there. Dave. He's had a fair bit of rugby experience lately, the Hoff. He's, Has he? He's at the World Cup. He's with an All Blacks groupie. He was following the All Blacks yeah. for a while, yeah. Is I right? believe his girlfriend... Wife, Which is Welsh. Welsh, there you go. There's yeah. the connection. We all know the Welsh. We saw her too. Mad keen, yeah, yeah. In the hotel foyer. At the Young enough night. to pass his daughter, but, you know, <laughs> that's how the Hoff rolls. That's how he rolls. Hey, just quickly on that, before we jump into rugby, Baywatch theme tune. Is there a better theme tune ever in the world of TV? Anyone? Doran. Doran's Anyone? Doran's a James Bond man. He comes in uh, listening to the... This is serious. He, he comes into work no, listening to Jam, the James Bond theme song to pump See, him I up for I can't even no. picture or hear <sighs> what you're saying. No. <laughs> I know Baywatch. The question was TV. Is it what's the number one TV theme tune? Write the theme tune. I reckon Game of Thrones is pretty nah, catchy. Actually, I don't know. Yeah, I Sean, you take me for more. What about the Sopranos? The Sopranos Sopranos. Sopranos theme tunes. The Sopranos. Sopranos. We're chasing second and third here, guys. You but nothing beats Baywatch theme Baywatch, tune. Yeah. I'm yeah. going Sopranos. That's my vote. Okay. Well, that's something for you to uh, to think through as you uh, get through the weekend's rugby action, which has some blockbuster games in store in the world of Super Rugby. We have got, let's start with Brumbies v Crusaders because whenever these two sides face off, generally fireworks follow. Yeah, I can remember back in the day, my uh, university days, watching the, the grand final, the Brumbies Crusaders there at uh, Bruce Stadium, as it was known. And yeah, there have been two of the powerhouse clubs over the years, haven't they? I think probably even mo- the two most successful clubs, uh, the Brumbies, m- maybe not quite uh, in second place. But yeah, look, th- this is one of the game of the rounds for sure. Um, the, the Brumbies. They played pretty bloody well against uh, the Waratahs at the breakdown in particular and their defence was top-notch and they're going to need all of that and more, I think, against the Crusaders team that, with Israel Dag back, um, added another dimension to their to their attack, I thought. 
They haven't won versus the Crusaders since 2009, the Brumbies. So it's been a... Is that right? There's a lot of teams that could probably say something similar because the Crusaders have such a good record. But they've always had good battles. Like, the fact they've lost a lot of them. Like that last year, the one you called in Canberra, Sean. Namani Nandolo down the left side, little chip, little grubber kick. That was an exceptional game. And hoping for something similar. It's a day game. The Canberrans don't get too many day games, which is huge down there because it makes such a big difference. Crowd turnout. You can't take too many kids to... You know, super rugby games, unfortunately, in Canberra. It does get quite cold. And this is one game where, you know, plenty can get out there. And they've had a, a pretty good crowd this year, the Brums. They're starting to get some some of the following back they got in the early to mid-2000s. So should be a fantastic game. Forget they had a, a hiccup against the, the Stormers in Cape Town. They didn't play poorly or that well. They are kind of neutral and they lost narrowly. They had a, a shocker against the Chiefs only in the back 20 minutes. Take away that, they've still had a really good start to the season. And... They're the shining light in Australian rugby at the moment. We need them to, to keep playing well. And no Itavea, of course, no David Pocock. But I think we all forget how good Jared Butler was a couple of years ago when he filled in for Dave Pocock. Yeah, it's a great opportunity for a couple of guys in particular, like the likes of, of Christian Leleofano and, and Matt Tamur as well, to step up against a couple of quality, uh, with some quality opposition in the, in the Crusaders. Um, that they'll be last year they got towed up. I think it was thirty seven twenty four or so. They'll never win that one last year. It was Arvo game, Brumbies, it, Crusaders. They were too good the Crusaders. Oh, okay. It was Richie's was last a, game was, as well as yeah, Carter. Richie's last game. They're midway through their, their final big run They're home run. Crusaders, yeah. So opportunity to beat a, a New Zealand team and uh, you always got to take it with uh, with both arms and, and, and grab it. Um, I, I think the, the, the Brumbies have uh, they would have prepared well. They've had a little while off. Um, since since last week against playing play the Waratahs, so I'm just going to throw this question up to the round table: Have an Australian Super Rugby team defeated a New Zealand rugby team this season? Reds Highlanders was the the big surprise. So that's that. right, just the one thus and, far. Uh, Brumbies Hurricanes as well, of course. Yeah. Brumbies, so that's right. They smoked just so those two. I think two from there was a draw as well with the, the Reds. Not and a the win, Blues. though, is nah. it? Yeah. No, it's two. It's two from fifteen or so. I think. The is that right? Are, okay. So uh, yeah. Okay. Well, might be something in that. The Crusaders have just been flying under the radar, haven't they? Um, the, the, you know, no one's really talking about them, but they're they're right up there and, and building into some pretty serious form. They've been to South Africa and, and came back two from two. Weren't great against the force, but um, yeah, turn, turned on the style against the Hagiwetes last uh, weekend. And Israel Dag was uh, in, in wonderful form. So he just their backline can be a little bit predictable at times. They sort of just shuffle the ball side to side and rely on Nadolo a lot, but with Dag as that sort of second playmaker really opened up the options and they looked uh, really dangerous. So um, it, it should be a very interesting game. The, the battle up front's going to be key. Both sides have great front rows. Um, scrum, line outs, always very heavy set piece driven. Is that going to determine the game, do you think, Oz? No more than, than any other game, but it's such a crucial part. You just saw what a dominant scrum and what a dominant line out does in a big game last week. The Brumbies over the Waratahs line out and scrum. Although the scrum wasn't annihilated I thought young Robinson at the Tars is doing some some good things there and um, the Brumbies still had the upper hand in that area of the game so I don't think either side will actually be be dominant that I think it'll just be par for par and it, it'll probably come down as you said um, the likes of Tamu and Lee Lefano Christian's been the big one for me all year he's the guy that's always delivered for the Brumbies but I still think he's got a little bit more in his game because he does so much work he hits breakdowns really hard he counter-rucks. He does so much cover tackles, does everything. So I think he's the type of bloke that if he minimises his quality and ups his... Sorry, minimises his quantity and ups his quality, the Brums are in a good place. 
Should be a free-flowing game. Fingers crossed. Afternoon footy, as the guys touched on. Brumbies v Crusaders from 4 o'clock on Fox Sports. But oh, there's some other funner games to get things kicked off across the weekend. Let's go back to, let's pull it back to Friday night where it'll be the Rebels taking on the Cheaters. And the reason we've got to touch on this one is because the Rebels, despite being ordinary last week against the Canes, are still very much looking to finish ahead of the Tars. We'll get to them in a second in terms of the Aussie Conference. How does this one play out at uh, the Sandpit, Amy Park? Yeah, it was like the Australian Surf Titles flag race last week. Sevilla turning, getting up and slipping in the, in the sand. Again, four weeks ago, you would have said, oh, the Rebels will notch up a bonus point win against the Cheaters, but... Cheetahs was just scored 92 points against the Sunwolves. So forget the fact the Sunwolves were probably you know, extremely average. When you get 92 points in, a, in one week, you walk off the field really confident. It gives you, you know, just that little bit of you know, something. You pull your shoulders back and you think, we, we've got a bit more game in us now. So the Cheetahs will turn up playing a good style of footy, as they always do. I just think that the way they do play, they go from side to side a lot. And teams that have good on-ballers love that type of play. And you've got McMahon... You've got Fugastaller, you've got Colby Fanger coming back and Geordie Reid. Like, is there a better back row in Super Rugby on the ball? What, uh, what <laughs> is the biggest scoreline you've ever run up? I was probably playing against you back in the day in Club Rugby, Sean. <laughs> I think it was... <laughs> super Rugby. What's super Rugby. Super Rugby winning margin. Do you ever smoke anyone where it was embarrassing? You just kind of go, let's throttle back here. No, these I, know, I, don't think I've had, garbage. I don't think I've had a game where it was like 50, 60 plus. I had a lot in South Africa where it was like, you know... 50 to 40 or 40 to 35, but um, no, never, I don't recall any Super Rugby games where you just went, uh, plenty of club rugby, they were the great days where you're sort of fighting with blokes by the time the kickoff, who's going to score the next try, like that's, that's why you play the game, isn't always it? Always so humble at Ramwick, they're always so humble, guys fighting for who's going to get the next try, probably beating up on a minnow like Para or Penrith as well. Sounds like that it, That fits yeah. your MO. It's the only way those teams learn, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> fits your MO. <laughs> Yeah, that cheated Sunwolves game got so, so ugly and it came out of the blue a bit, didn't it? Because the Sunwolves, the, the Moondogs, as we love to call them, have been competing pretty well uh, over the season and the, the Cheetahs, let's face it, a pretty average you know, club at the moment. So that completely came out of nowhere, really. And um, it was embarrassing. They were sort of, as you were touching upon, passing to teammates over the line and just, just taking the piss out it's, of the It's unfair. The it's, it's sad for the Cheetahs because if you know much about South African rugby, like so many of the great Springboks come from the school up in Bloemfontein, Grace College, and they produce so many talented footy players. They go to the Chiefs, sorry, the Cheetahs for a season and then they can't afford them. So they go straight back down to the clubs like Kate, uh, the Stormers and the, the Sharks, drag them down. They've lost six or seven of their best players from last year alone and they're still competing. So they're a nursery, just um, unfortunately they just can't keep them. Bloemfontein is not the world's most exciting oh, place, I'm told. Is that is that part of the problem? That's a huge part of the problem. If yeah. if if Besides a fantastic <laughs> shopping centre, there's not much more to <laughs> do. Give me Bloemfontein's Australian equivalent. Oh, you know, people put a, a fair bit of uh, negative uh, press on Canberra. Canberra is like Las Vegas compared <laughs> to Bloemfontein. <laughs> that's that's a huge call. And for all the listeners in Bloemfontein, I do apologise, but you've got an almighty golf Seriously. pro shop. Oh. <laughs> There's only, so, there's only so many laps that the I, uh, you can do. I spoke to someone from Bloemfontein. Uh, not, I heard there's a man-made lake there. Sorry, just quickly. Yeah, there is. Yeah, that's the upmarket. That's, that's the waterfront that's area. A, that's the waterfront. Good yeah. steaks. Your brother's, yeah, yeah, food's uh, fantastic there. Uh, we were talking to someone from Bloemfontein at the pub not long ago, and they're known for flowers, so that's uh, it's always right. a danger. Garden when City. When they, when they start <laughs> talking up their flowers, you know that you've got a pretty boring town. So, uh, yeah, Bloemfontein. Flower power. So, yeah, that's, so that's Rebels, Cheetahs. So, around the room, which way do we see this one falling? Rebels coming off a big 
big loss, Cheetahs coming off uh, almost record win in terms of margin in Super Rugby. Yeah, I'll definitely go the the Rebels, um, but not not by too much. It, it's a, I mean, you hate to sort of put these must-win tags on games because it's not often actually the case. But I think this probably is um, the case that they do need to win this one if they are a serious finals team. The, the Cheetahs at home um, coming off a bad loss, they need to do the business. Yeah, I'll go Rebels with you. Probably on the back of their uh, their back row, I think they'll have to change the way they play a little bit now. The Rebels, everyone wants to play this expansive style of footy. They started to lose a bit of quality. Um, haven't yet seen Sturzak and Debrasini fire, which has been disappointing because we all had such high hopes. But I think the back row will just um, they'll just still too much footy. Yeah, I think you're right there, uh, Steve. It's disappointing with Dom Shipley going down as well um, last weekend, so he's out for the season. Yeah, I think the the Rebels will will scrape home by about three points. I'm going to go reverse psychology here. I'm going to tip the cheaters, but hope the rebels win. You're just trying Can to boot, you do that. You're just trying to you suck have, up to our. Yeah, uh, I just our, did it. Trying to suck up to our wounded Bloemfontein listeners. Yeah, I'm right. trying to placate I don't, them I don't after think you they have their uh, city. The, don't they have the net over there? So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a bettering. You're never welcome in Bloemfontein again. You're not going back there for a while, are you? You're not <laughs> going back to Bloom for a while. <laughs> well, not now. I'm not. Well, I love no, you, Bloom. Don't no, worry. Forget Hoyles. Come on. Okay. Force v the Waratahs. Now the Force are coming off the bye last week. Previous to that, they, they went smashed the bye as well. They well, they gave it a good touch up. And previous to that, they gave uh, the Crusaders an almighty fright at home. Those who often play at ding dong battles, and so too against the Waratahs last year. The Western Force went two and zero against the men from New South Wales. How does it play out this weekend? I think they might be able to do it again. Do you think the Force can go again? I think they can grind them. Grind them. Um, I almost feel that the Tars are in a position now where no one's ex- expecting anything. The fact that people are tipping the force, the Tars go there with zero expectation. They'll be so disappointed in themselves. Not so much for the performance last week because they improved, but just their result. I, I think they're going over there with absolutely nothing to lose. And they're going on tour. They're going to have a you know a trip away. They haven't had that yet this year. So I think the Tars will turn it on and, and hopefully win well. If their forwards can, can match it with the force forwards, that the Waratah back line is just is still too strong and, and we saw the class of Beal and Falao and Kellaway was outstanding last week in his first start. So I just think the class on the field for the Waratah back line, I just, yeah, I am hopeful they'll win and win well. What did you make of Bob Dwyer's comments about Michael Hooper? I imagine you've you've seen those. I've obviously got some headlines. Um yeah, your, your thoughts on that? Yeah, of course Bob's entitled to his opinion and, and if look, if you're talking someone's ability to get in and slow down the ball and steal the ball at the breakdown. Yeah, Michael Hooper probably isn't the best number seven because we've mentioned the likes of Geordie Reid's being outstanding. David Pocock, he's not bad at either. Um, but what Michael Hooper does, there is no number seven in the country that can do it like him. So if I'm picking a test match, I'm trying to pick a team to win the game, not to defend it. So I'll pick Michael Hooper in my team every day of the week because there's no better front-on defender in the game that turns into... A lot of turnovers. He doesn't necessarily steal them, but he smashes blokes front on and, and sets it up for someone else. Sets up the <coughs> counter rucking without going for the ball, which I think he's the best in the business at. So defensively, he's as good as anyone. And in attack, like you've just got to look at what he's done in the last two years. He stands out in the back line and gasses international backs and sets up tries. So we don't have another player in Australian rugby in the back row that can do the stuff that he does. Even Sean McMahon, as outstanding as he is, no one's got the change of pace that Hoops has. So there's a I can understand where Bob's coming from because he's not the best on ball in the country, but that's why Michael Checker picks Pocock and Hooper because it works. Are we forgetting how much rugby Michael Hooper's had to play since such a young age? Are we forgetting the fact that he was 
uh, captain of Australia, perhaps a touch ahead of his time, but did a great job up until the whole Kurtley Beale saga. I mean, this kid has given... He just destroys himself for every jersey he puts on. And I reckon it's a touch out of line. I really do. Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think his form's been flat or anything. I think he's basically been doing his normal game, but his team hasn't been going great, so he probably hasn't had those chances to, to run around with ball in hand as much as he'd like. But he, he's basically been, been playing his normal game. But does he need a bit more support at the breakdown? Oh. It's, not, it's not his strength, so Completely uh, he who, who can help him at the Tars in that pack? Well, see, so the Tars have traditionally been a side that doesn't go hard on the ball. Like You can be a side that takes space, and Nathan Gray, when I say takes space, I mean... I mean, you know, t- make a tackle, get to your feet and try and clean out without touching the ball. It was something that Robbie Dean's brought into Australian rugby, which we're probably, you know, we're, we're very much obsessed with get down, get over the ball and steal it a la David Pocock. But the Tars aren't a side that do that. They try and get over the ball, take space. So to do that, you need your second and third man in to be really effective. And Hoops does that really well. He sets it up for the first man, but he probably doesn't lack that support. You saw that one, the one Cliffy Palu got yellow carded for when he flew in. That's typically what the Tars do when they kick. They try and go heavy over the ball. And yeah, I, th- I think you're right, Sean, in terms of he's played so much rugby. It's one of the negative effects on not having too much depth in Australian rugby. Hoops has played, saw before, it's about his 85th Super Rugby game. It's probably about 60 tests already. 87th. 87th, there you go. He's, this is 88, two fat this weekend. There you go, 88 Super Rugby games, somewhere between 50 and, 50 and 60 tests. He's 24 years, 23 or 24 years old. And in all those games, he's played high amount of minutes. And that's where we've got to get smart like the All Blacks. That World Cup final, McCaw, Carter, Kieran Reid, they're probably sitting on about 20, 25 games of the year. Hooper, Pocock, he's got Foley there on 35 and they're playing big minutes at 75, 80 on average. So if the Tars had someone like Geordie Reid, like another hard-on baller, that would free up Michael Hooper, not just to go out and play his game, but might be able to give him a rest here and there because... We want to see Michael Hooper playing the next World Cup and the one after. So, yeah, the criticism of him is is not warranted, but I think you've got to take the good with the bad. I, I pick him every day of the week in my team. And, and what we haven't touched upon is whilst he, we're, we're, we're picking an Australian team, you're picking David Pocock at eight and you're picking Scott Fardy, another on-baller at six. So um, Michael Hooper is that point of difference in, in the sevens. As much as I like Liam Gill, I think he's a, a great player, but Michael Hooper can do what, uh, as you said, Steve, can do what no other number seven in Australia can do currently. You probably can't hit field goals from 45 out like <laughs> Gilly did, but yeah. I'm sure you want to think that that was every ridiculous. forward's practicing field Rid- goals when they get the altitude of training. Oh, that's one ridiculous. of the best things about one of the best things about going to places like Bloemfontein, Flush it from as a I mentioned, is you can just sit back from 45, pop it. Yeah, you can almost be at the waterfront fountain, waterfront mall <laughs> in Bloemfontein and knock it over from a few hundred. How good! Now, just back to the game, force Vitars this week. Uh, I want to I want to highlight why I think the force can get it done against this Waratahs side. Can, may I? Go for it. Let me. Uh, this Waratahs forward pack is largely inexperienced. Tom Robertson, Hugh Roach, Jack Dempsey, Jed Holloway. Between them, don't even run up 50 caps. They haven't been ground at NIB Stadium. They don't know what it's like to be in the grind, the arm wrestle, the kick to touch, the 300 phases before the force go over for a try. They're not used to it. They're not going to like it. I'm telling you. Yeah, you say that, but they don't have the demons of being there and losing. Some say, oh, we've been at NIB and we've lost the last two. And this The other guys in the squad do. Yeah, in the doesn't four matter, Sean. No. Doesn't it? No, so you're Paddy talking Ryan, Holloway, Dempsey, Roach. Deno. Three of the great space cadets in, in modern-day <laughs> rugby. Those guys... <laughs> would almost not know if they're at Allianz or NIB. They're just going to turn up, probably share a pair of boots between <laughs> them like that. They're the type of blokes that are a little bit 
relaxed about their approach, which is great. They're, right. they're playing footy in at the moment. Yeah, they're losing, but I think they're going to go there. And they're the ones – see, they're the ones that I've been really impressed with at the Tars. These young guys are coming through. And Roach is – besides set piece, which, you know, it takes a long time for hookers to, to, you know, be fantastic throwers and scrummaging. Roach is not the biggest hooker. But around the park, he's been excellent. Tom Robinson, he's been probably the find of the last month. He's everyone's talking about how good he's been, and then you got Holloway. We know what he's done, and Dempsey. Well, Dempsey's, you know, his potential serial killer material. Dempsey is <laughs> on the stroke of a bit odd, and these guys have been the ones that I've really been impressed with at Tars this year. Making friends all over he's the place. Gonna, I reckon these are positive comments, by the way. <laughs> I reckon you should. Boys nick, you need a bit I of crazy in a rugby team, don't you? I reckon you should. Crazy and you should room with Jack Dempsey, which Mitch Chapman did. He reckons he didn't sleep for two weeks straight. <laughs> I, one eye open. Yeah, yeah. No, no. <laughs> Mitch reckons he didn't sleep. The Jack Dempsey. No, didn't Mitch sleep. didn't sleep just in fear of Jack's life. So he's sleeping with one eye open. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I reckon you should. I reckon you should give Jack Dempsey a nickname, and I reckon it should be Dexter. <laughs> just call him Dexter. <laughs> Uh, it's I, and just quickly on this game before we move on, uh, it can be great to have a world class backline, but if they are stifled in terms of fastball and the ball is not kicked and to them and given, I, I just don't see. I just I don't see how the Tars can get through this one. I I, I know what I'm saying. <laughs> I know what I'm saying. <laughs> I you know, don't, yeah. head, don't need to shake your head at me, but. You've done it. You've been there. You've experienced it. You know what's on its way. Yeah, but you're not a, you're not coming up against a world class forward pack. You got, you know, like it's not like you're throwing in test caps all around the park. Yeah, they're experienced, but the force of one, they've beaten the Tars twice last year. They beat the very last round of last year. They won, and they've beaten the Reds this year. Four games in about thirty games, they've won. Yeah, that surprise factor is well and truly gone now. I think I think the Tars are probably going to say, look, enough is enough. We've got to stop losing to these blokes. And I, mm. I think they, I think they, I think they will get up. Dave Dennis is a hundredth game as well. That's uh, it's fantastic. Like, considering the amount of damage, bloody he's, loved, you know? yeah, he, he's done a f- fantastic. He had four knee recalls. Bloody good you know? podcaster too. Bloody good podcaster. <laughs> yeah, you know that'll go on his tombstone. Yeah, bloody good podcast. He's done boy. extremely well. Like he's his knees are bruised and battered. Like four recons. Is that four, serious? Yeah, is he? Yeah. Stephen Hawkins would have better news than Deno. <laughs> don't listen. Don't don't stuff up his Exeter contract. He steps out for <laughs> one week, and now the Exeter bosses will be thinking we got ourselves a lemon. The fact of the matter is, Dave Dennis is a world class player. <laughs> Once he gets moving and he starts his warm up, probably you know, four to five hours pre kickoff, he's been fantastic, and he's he's back in the start inside this week. He's playing second row, he is. which um, he hasn't had a huge amount of minutes the last few weeks. So hundredth game for the Tars, and his hundredth Super Rugby game comes up pretty soon, and that's. That's a big part of the reason why he did stay in Australian rugby. I remember him saying that you know, he could have gone last year, but he's a really loyal bloke and felt like he, he wanted to give something back to the Tars in a transition year. So He'll be he good on the wet decks in uh, <laughs> New Europe too. Great on a wet deck. He will. <laughs> Muddy for wet deck. He's a mud runner, is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll tell you what, I'd be bloody excited if I was a Exeter head coach about the prospect of Dave Dennis coming across next year. So around the room, you're going Tars, Sam Worthington, yep. Chrissy Doran's Tars, and Tars. Stephen Hall's Tars, and I'm going to tip the force. Um, Greg Clark will be over there calling all the action for that one. So it's going to be a uh, terrific weekend. We've got Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night all looked after. What other games, guys, with a few minutes to run on the potty, have you got your eyes on? Uh, it's got to be Hurricanes, Chiefs. So mm. I think that's uh, it's got plenty of points in it. Just uh, some mouth-watering matchups there. Barrett and Cruden uh, probably top of the list to, to uh, tens going for Carter's jersey and then a uh, wonderful form. I thought Cruden kind of had it sewn up um, until last weekend, but then Barrett. Played uh, just an unbelievable game against the Rebels. So, uh, yeah, that's the 
the game, well, one of the games of the round, uh, certainly for me. Yeah, it has to be, doesn't it? Can the Chiefs maintain their form? Uh, they had the bye last week, so can they uh, get back on the horse straight away? Uh, playing in Wellington, so you would know much about Wellington having come from there, Sam. Swirling winds of the the Caketon. Yeah, you got to have your, your kicking game on point, but I'm I'm sure they will. Yeah, what about you, Horsey? Yeah, I you know, I think that's going to be easily one of the, the games of the round because the Kiwi side's never disappoint in derbies. You, you you often see just end to end rugby, but sometimes not a lot of points scored. You know, just such a high-paced game, but the, the defence and the desperation is, is so good. And that's what's great about these Kiwi derbies, and we always talk about it. We want the Aussie games to get to that. But they just they turn up with such a fantastic attitude, and they all they throw everything at each other. And it's no matter who wins. I, I, pr- I probably lean towards the, the cane, just being at home. And in talking about the number 10, yeah, you're right. Everyone was talking about Cruden probably jumping back in that all-black spot. But Bowden Barrett has been fantastic. Artie Sevilla, if you get a, get a chance, watch the amount of work Artie Sevilla gets through and what and the tempo he goes through like he's fantastic everyone talks about Julian Sevilla and his older brother how good he is but we all everyone I feel a bit foolish because at the start of the year we all spoke about how the Kiwis have lost so many players to overseas but they're really showing their way in super rugby and I'll be tuning in to watch that game for sure you wouldn't miss it for quids would no, you no wouldn't be dead for quids uh what else do you got well you want more one Jeez. more one, one more, more. We're one more the reds yeah, oh, let's, yeah, we've got to yeah. Of course, we've got to talk about the Reds. Yeah, the Playing Reds. against yeah. the, the Stormers, of course, and that's a, a big game uh, for the Stormers because they, 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 is it the Lions? The Lions in that Stormers conference. Stormers are still, still top of South Africa, but only just now, yeah, aren't they? Lions are coming at them pretty hard. I think the Lions are actually the best team over there. They're really well coached and play a, a great style. So, yeah, the, the, the Stormers, this will be in the must-win category for them, and I, I think they will be too good for the, for the Reds, unfortunately. Yeah, I think Queensland, they were right in it for 65 minutes last week. Uh, just fell away at the end. But um, they're improving, certainly. Um, Sam Karevi's doing wonders in the in the midfield. Someone's uh, flicked the switch on him, haven't yeah. they? He's just yeah, gone into beast mode. Looks like Rob Simmons will be back uh, in the locks uh, for, for Queensland as well. So handy in. Um, you I, would I've been impressed with Carmichael Hunt. He's had him some, some really nice touches and... Um, you mentioned Samu Karevi. I think he, he struggled in w- in humidity. I think his ball handling up in Queensland has been pretty average. You go to Africa where it was last week and it was really dry. He was he's, he's a reverse deno, not a, not a wet deck player. Reverse yeah, maybe he's a dry deck. But he's been yeah he's been fantastic. Gilly coming back. He no coincidence that the Reds are playing much better brand of football and have got closer and a couple of wins when Liam Gill comes back along with James Slipper. Yeah, they you know they they probably I'm. I'm tipping the Stormers to win, but I'm certain the Reds are probably in a better place now and you can just see sense that they feel as though they're building. So they may be about knocking upset here, Sean. What do you think? Just quick, I think they'll... No. Yeah. <laughs> I think I just think that the Stormers' defence is, is too strong. Is that a good time as well? 11pm on a Saturday night? Yeah, so you can up and watch it. 100%. It's, it's, Stay uh, up and watch it. It's watchable for once, the South African game. Yeah, quite right. You get, uh, they'll be gassed from last week, trying to run around with the Bulls at uh, altitude. And I just... I just feel like they may struggle, but I'm looking forward to them coming back. Quick question to you all. Uh, kicking this one around the office the other day. Who finishes higher this year, do you think? The Reds or the Force? Oh, the Reds... Uh, the Reds yeah. have more game for me. Yeah, they've got points in than the Reds. Yeah, the Reds and maybe even reasonably comfortably. I think they might have another two or three wins in than the Reds this the season. Force, I don't know if they're going to get John O'Lance back as well, which is a huge blow. Oh, that's yeah, a shame. Peck yeah, was a bit worse than I thought, yeah. For John O. Okay. Just thought I'd throw it out there. Few few matches to run. Whilst Liam Gill's out there, you've got to you've got to say that the Reds always win a, a chance. Okay, who finishes high, Rebels or Tars? Because both are in action in Aussie matches this week. 
it's a tough one. Games here in Oz. I would probably uh, a little bit biased towards my former team. I, I, the the Rebels seem to be getting some injuries. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Tarsi. Yep. Yeah, I don't think the Rebels quite have it in the back three at the moment. Um, they'll struggle to post points. Yeah, I'll go the Taz as well. I feel silly saying it. I just expect them to come good every week because there is so much quality there on paper and it's just not happening. So um, maybe maybe I'm a bit uh, the, the old definition of insanity every every week. But I think surely they're going to come good over the, the course of a long competition like start this at some this point. Sean. Yeah, so it, it all's got to start some stage, yeah, it does. doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, interested to know your thoughts as well, those of you listening on the Fox Sports Rugby podcast, who you think might finish the top of those little pairings. Uh, before we go, quick shout out to the Aussie men's seven side who were brave in Singapore Sevens completed last weekend going down to Fiji after leading 19-5 in the cup quarter final. It was tough to watch. They blew it with uh, around about a minute to run against the eventual finalists and Kenya won their first ever cup final after 114 swings at it. Amazing scenes. Oh, how good was it? Yeah, I sort of saw a few images coming back from uh, Nairobi Airport getting off the plane and there's dancing and politicians and, uh, yeah, they're, they're genuine rock stars. And you were saying they're actually, they are quite a big deal over Ken- there in terms Kenyan of media coverage. Massive. Mm. Yeah, yeah right. massive. Uh, yeah. And their fans on the social medias uh, just go berserk. They love it. Is so. Sean Maloney big in Nairobi? Oh, Sean sure Maloney's is, is big yeah. everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I'm big everywhere. What about, if you're Aussie Sevens, what do they need? They seem to be sitting in that, you know, they're average, they're fourth in the tournament they're rankings. That's but they no, no, that's not. Well, they've come from, I think, they're sixth yeah, last year. Yeah, they have. Average year, but what do they need? Like, they're what type, okay. what type of player personnel do they need to go from fourth to start winning? They need compliment for yeah. the entire tournament. You wait, you see when they get, when, when Andy Fran gets his full whack, Ready to roll out. Louis Holland's a big one. Louis Losing Holland's Hong massive. Huge. He should be. Palmer Fowl might come back. Tommy Cusack can come back. Jesse Parry, he can come back. Clarkie didn't play last week. Um, Ed Jenkins didn't play last week. There's heaps of players floating around. If they're all fit and firing, hey, don't worry. Don't worry too much. They have narrowed the gap between them and the top three. And we saw at the weekend that even as 20-point underdogs, the side not favoured to win, Kenya, can get it done. Imagine if that's how the Olympics rolls out. You've just got to get on a run. And to our women's team as well, finished third in Atlanta to increase their buffer at the top of the Women's World Series. They only need to finish sixth or higher in the next one, and and they've won their first ever. So how good is that going to be? Yeah, they are tracking nicely, and uh, Coach Tim Walsh was able to blood a number of youngsters as well in that tournament over in Canada, in Langford. So well done, ladies. As always, we support you and follow you very closely. It's true, isn't it? We do, yeah. I think we, we'll hopefully see them win a gold medal. There's a huge expectation on them. The men, you know, will be, will be stoked with a bronze or a silver. They probably have different ambitions, but for the, the women... Do you think they've got different ambitions? Oh, well, they, they should. But I'm saying everyone else is expecting the women to win, aren't they? I am. Yeah. You've seen a lot more of them play. I think they're um, they're fantastic. They're really good ambassadors for the game, and be be nothing better than those girls winning gold in in Rio. A lot of love, a lot of love. Okay, that uh, is the full time siren going off in the background. Week, what week are we up to, men, on the Super nine. Rugby front? Week nine of Super Rugby. Yeah, halfway marked, basically. Flying. At the moment. Hasn't it flown? Power rankings. It is gone flying along. Uh, look, a, a very rugby focused podcast for you this time around just to get some of you purists smiling a little bit of tea not a lot of food this week we'll so touch uh, on food again next week and yeah. between now and then it is christy doran sam worthington stephen halls and myself sean Maloney saying enjoy your weekend super rugby and we'll see you on the other side